downloading this episode and subscribing on iTunes. Thank you for watching me on YouTube and subscribing. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you for listening to me. Okay, first I'm going to plug some stand-up dates. Uh, go to P- Christina P. Online to check them out. September 5th, Milwaukee. September 6th, Chicago. September 7th, Boston, October 3rd through 5th, Nashville, October 17th, Irvine, November 22nd, Seattle, November 23rd, Portland, Oregon. I'm working on my 2020 calendar right now. Um, I've got Florida. I think Miami's coming in that mix. I've got uh, New York City being worked on. It's not announced yet, so I cannot um, formally announce. But get ready, those cities. Okie dokie. This episode of Where My Mom's At is brought to you by Michelin. Moms and dads, we've all been there. You're driving down the road, your kids are napping in the back seat, you're thinking about what to make for dinner when suddenly another car swerves in front of you. You slam on your brakes and for a split second you're terrified if you'll stop in time. You want tires that perform well with every stop and that's where Michelin comes in because stopping safely consistently matters. The average family will stop and often emergency stop some 20,000 times per year. Michelin, unlike other brands, builds their tires to perform every time across every diaper run, pickup, drop off and road trip. When worn Michelin Premier all season tires come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling over 15 miles per hour. Michelin is the world's leading tire manufacturer. They are dedicated to enabling mobility and safety for all parents driving around with their loved ones in the back seat. Michelin has a rich 125-year global history and an unwavering dedication to provide products and services that make driving around with your families safer, more efficient, and eco-friendly. So next time when you're looking for new tires for the family car, consider Michelin Premier All-Season Tires. Michelin performance every time. Very exciting. Catch me outside. How How about that? How about that? How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? A lot of you have been asking about my TikToks, um, my curations, how. If you're not on the talk, you got to go there. I'm telling you, it's the future. It's where Instagram is going to be a a grave. What is that word? A cemetery in in a year or two because of TikTok. It's supposed to be a place where people make like they'll lip sync to songs, but it's also a place for, how do I put this, marginalized talent. People who might hear voices in their head or other other things and um you got to go you got to get on tiktok i'm at the water champ you can follow me there i'm also on instagram at the christina p anyways wait l- christina how did you what? find tiktok oh my gosh how did i find i mean TikTok? you're not a, you're not a regular mom not. you're a cool mom <laughs> sure how did you find it i think i was in a city some city and some younger um feature act i was in a city and a feature act was like, oh, you like Instagram? Have you heard about TikTok? It's where people can sing songs and they like do the cool dances. And I'm like, I'm really into that. And then as I got on there, I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is so much deeper. Yeah. When did you first realize that it wasn't just singing, that there's other lanes? That there's there? other things yeah. going? Yeah. How did you first find out? <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, I'm trying to remember the very first crazy person. Hold on. I just saw wackiness. I have a, here's my gift in life. I can spot out the absurd, the crazies, the, the weirdos, the derelicts. Like that is my gift is to, to lift up the rock and see the dark underbelly of society. Like I just, I love it. I'm drawn to it. I love it. And I very quickly found that if, if I liked the regular stuff, it was like, oh, boring, some pretty girl being like, rich girl check. That's literally what it is, Nadav, is like hot chicks, teenagers being like, rich girl check. And then they'll cut to their cars and their jewels. And I'm like, that, that's terrible. Give me the real, real. And that's how it started for me. And if you want to see those curations, they're available on <laughs> at, uh, at the Christina P on the gram on Instagram. And then also if you follow me on TikTok, I think you can see what I'm liking and looking at. I've made friends with some TikTokers. I'm friends with, um, what's her name? The Grape a Apes. What's her name? Ape? Apes Grace. Apes Grace. She made the best TikTok of all time. That one's featured as well on, on my Instagram account. <sighs> <laughs> I like I get it now I get why moms get into lame stuff it's because you don't you don't know what's genuinely cool anymore because you're always at home with the kids so you only hear what's cool filtered through channels like that's why by the time the moms were saying cash me outside or like blang blang like you know it's super lame because we all stay home and you know what's what's hip bling bling and then what was the fleek they're on fleek are they like ugh okay anyway um, I, I have to say I've been having a great week. Uh, my husband is on the road, unfortunately, so it's just the kiddos and myself. But I've really been digging it, man. I'm, I'm, um, I miss my husband, obviously. But it's been a nonstop cavalcade of Ryan Gosling films at night, which I do. Um, I've been getting into The Bachelor, which is something new for me, Bachelor Nation. Thank you, Ela and Ethan Klein, for suggesting that. And I, oh, by the way, sidebar, I know. Um, some of you have reached out asking about Ela being on this show. 100% Ela Klein of the H3 po podcast, for those of you who don't know. Ela will be coming on as a guest. She just had her baby eight weeks ago, so I'm giving her some time to kind of get her life going before I force her to come on this show and witness the horrors. Cool moms. Not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. She is so cool, that Ela Klein. She's got her own fashion and stuff. I love her. I love her so much. So I've been having a great week, um, and I've uh, I've got I've I have a mom fail for you that I will love to share with you. So I've been um, what I like to do with my older now son. Now it's time oh, right. for a round of mom, mom fails. Oh, thank you. Sorry, I almost. And from now on, Adav, I want you to only speak in Hebrew. Ain baya. <laughs> he did the countdown, and can you do that again for our audience? Just the can hear the horrors that I did. Start from five and then go mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. a little a little action of a chamesh, <laughs> arba, shalosh, shatayim. No, you're not doing it. Do it like you I'm did. I'm doing it with, a, with me, an American accent. Yeah, give me the real Hebrew. Right, no, chamesh, arba, shalosh, shatayim, echad, efes. Efes. There you go. It's so horrible. It's so ugly. That is, I thought Hungarian was bad. You don't like that sound? <sighs> it's brutal. But so Hungarian sounds brutal. I don't uh, know if yeah, I all those Middle Eastern languages are rough. Yeah, and they're not they're not sexy. Hungarian's like Ed get Ned Ut Hot Hit Not Kilenst. Yeah, it sounds Ugh, really aggressive. Yeah, like you're hitting somebody with your words. It's bad. Uh oh, so here's my mom fail. Uh here's what I like to do with my son, Ellis, the older boy. 
Julian's only one. But what I like to do, because I believe in the power of common sense above formal, I'm a huge proponent of formal education. I do not poo poo the classroom, but I believe the biggest uh, indicator of native intelligence is your ability to critically think, to think for yourself, to reason, right? So for instance, when I, I'm in the streets with my kiddo, I go, hey, Ellis, what do we do when we cross the street? We look left, we look right. I tell every single time, I drill that into him because I see so many people, adults, crossing the street with their heads down, looking at their, uh, their phones. I mean, it's bananas to me that they don't get hit. But anyway, what I've been doing with the E-Man is I point out people who are rule breakers in public right? Like there was a guy crossing the busy boulevard, not at the intersection, just in the middle of a busy boulevard in the middle of the day. And I say to Ellis, I go, you see that? That's a dum-dum. That's a dum-dum. And he goes, dum-dum. I go, yep, that's a dum-dum. And I explain why I say that's a dum-dum because he's breaking the rules. He could get hit by a car. This is not very intelligent behavior. Um, I point out, you know, people who are, yeah, jaywalkers, um, people who aren't looking at their surroundings. I point out um, people who are just, uh, you know, like there was a guy yesterday who pulled out of Trader Joe's parking lot, just willing, you know, he just backed out, almost killed pedestrians, things of that nature. Um, so cut to, I've been giving him the dum-dum school for about two weeks, and we were going to Trader Joe's yesterday, and he sees just a, a person walking in the street and he goes, there's a dum-dum. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 Ellis, it's not a dum-dum. Or like anybody, somebody's on a, uh, anybody uh, on a bicycle is a dum-dum. I'm like, no, they're not just all blanket dum-dums. I go, well, I don't like when the bicyclists ride in the street. I know that's the law. Some people are more wrecked. Some, but one bicyclist just blew through the stop sign. So that's the dum-dum. And then to Tom the other day, Ellis goes, I'm a dum-dum. I'm a, and I'm like, no, you're not a dum-dum. Don't say that. That's terrible. So I'm having to either drop the dum-dum education altogether or just make sure it's abundantly clear who is a dum-dum. Um, so yeah, how do you backpedal? Fudge it. I mean, that's the problem. I go, I clarify. I go, no, no, that's, no, baby. Not everybody on a bicycle is a dum-dum. Not everybody walking is it. Here's why I say dum-dum. And I keep trying to drill that. He just knows it's funny and that we're comedians and we laugh at everything inappropriately. <laughs> like um, the other day, Tom taught Ellis to say, mom smells like a dog. <laughs> and then Ellis was like, mom smells like a dog. I'm like, thanks, Tommy. They're really nice. And then I, I have Ellis say, uh, daddy, you're nasty. You're na Why are you nasty? Like stuff like that. So we're in the tra Trader's Joe, as my, um, my father says, Trader's Joe. And I'm looking at the cheeses and I'm like, I want the mozzarella, I want this. And I, out of nowhere, Ellis goes, ah, F it. <laughs> he doesn't say F it, he says, ah, F-U-C-K it. And I was like, excuse me, what did you say? And he says again, ah, F it. And they go, I'm sorry, what? Oh, F it. And finally on the third time, an employee hears him and then she starts laughing out loud. She's like, that is amazing. I'm like, it's not amazing. <laughs> Because sometimes kids are, you know, they're kind of learning to speak in their mush mouth. So they don't, they, he might be saying something else. He might be, I don't know, saying French fries, but it comes out sounding bad. So I'm like, are you sure about that? And, and I was like, just don't laugh at him. You just can't encourage it. Otherwise, he's going to say F it, you know. 
forever and ever. So um, do you get yeah. mad at people in public who encourage it? <laughs> a little. Yeah. Like I was kind of like, don't, I mean, it's hard not to, I totally understand. But at the same time, I was like, don't, don't laugh, don't encourage, because that's what they, they pick on. It's the energy. Oh. They, toddlers are, um, they're professional button pushers too. Like if you, I've noticed with my kiddo, if he's a, uh, pissing you off like he's doing stuff now where he'll just grab something like pasta the other day like a thing of macaroni and just spill it on the floor and smile and just go i'm breaking the rules and i'm like yep but if you feed that and you're like what are you doing you're a breaker then they get even then now you're in it with him right because he wants to suck you into that energy of toddler energy so you try to be like well you got to pick it up now and now you gotta guess what there's no cartoons or whatever the punishment is you know uh, so anyways, I also had to explain a homeless person to my son at Trader Joe's because there's one who likes to uh, hang out in uh, in front of our local one. And um, she's a lady. She has like a lawn chair. <laughs> and um, like she seems normal. She's very benign. Like she's just always there. It's hot as hell. And uh, I'm like, how do you explain homelessness to a three-year-old? I mean, philosophically, it's not even a concept at their age. But Nadav, your father had a really great way of explaining it. Yeah, uh, I remember. <laughs> I remember he was taking the the uh, the family on a trip to New York, and uh, you know there's there was lots of homeless people on the sidewalks, and we're walking, <laughs> and he slows down as we're walking by one, and he just po- slows down and points, <laughs> and he goes, "You see this? This is why you study in school." And like we all spoke Hebrew, but he said it in English. Anyways. Right? Oh, he said it in English yeah. just to make a point, like to shame the homeless person. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, he's he's a special guy. That guy (laughs) savagery, bro. But you went to college. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, see who's smart now. (laughs) (laughs) You mean me or the bum? No, I mean (laughs) me or my dad. You're smart. You ended up smart, and I believe part. Listen, every psychologist knows the best way to motivate children is through fear and anxiety, and what your dad did was the greatest favor known to man <laughs> you point to people that are messed up and you go you see that kid you know that's kind of what i do with the dumb dumb thing where i'm like oop, you see that that guy's on drugs drugs are bad drugs make you bad or smoking Ooh, if i see kids with the pens i'm like you see that that's a dumb dumb smoking's bad yeah now that's good that's motivation that's what i like my parents did all that, that but that's an yeah, immigrant what did your, thing. What did your dad oh, do? Oh, my dad is so brutal, too. I mean, obviously, like, immigrant. Um, when I lived in San Francisco, there's a lot of homeless there, at least in the 90s. And I remember one time there was this sad homeless man in a diaper, and he was, like, begging for money. And uh, <laughs> he's like, sir, can you, can you spare some change? My dad just goes, please, come on. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, please. Like, how dare you? How dare you talk to me and this European gentleman? I was like, foreigners are way savage, though. When it comes, I think some, I think like my dad, it sounds like my dad and your dad think that homeless people are responsible, like it's their fault, like they are just lazy. Right. (laughs) Yeah, like they don't get what mental illness is or anything. They're just like, this is clearly just bad decisions. Right. Right. But it's, you know, I don't know. A lot of people are one paycheck away from, being homeless it's not yeah it's not about that but yeah it's a crisis. it's terrible um but anyways i'd explain homelessness to my my little son and um <laughs> and i don't know if i did the right thing but i was like because she's always out there and it's just so hot that i was like well 
I mean, she just enjoys the sun. She enjoys sitting outside. <laughs> I'm like, she enjoys the weather. I don't know what to tell you. She's a fan of summer. <laughs> she just enjoys the sunshine, babe. <laughs> I figure that's a, a, a kind of true. I don't know. Maybe she enjoys being in the sun. She does. I don't know. <sighs> it's so hard. It's so hard to know what the right answers are. I certainly don't have them, and I'm here to make that abundantly clear and we have other people who don't know what the heck they're doing and um this is a segment we like to call mom fails now it's time for a round of mom, mom fails, fails. <laughs> we'll get that timing down no you did it you do it what's your do your bar mitzvah come on to the torah I don't know. It's My. the ancient Hebrew stuff. I love that you know that stuff. <sighs> yeah, Do you I, speak it to anybody ever? Uh, I used to speak it to my parents uh, a oh, lot. Yeah. But then whenever I went to go visit my, uh, my cousins in Israel... They would constantly be correcting my, my oh, Hebrew. Don't you hate that? Well, yeah. And so then like I went and talked to my parents. I'm like, hey, so I've been saying Hebrew <laughs> wrong my whole life. Like you guys didn't correct me. They're like, nah, we thought it was cute. Yeah. And so now I just don't speak Hebrew to anybody. Yeah. Isn't that because I too, like if, if I go back to Hungary, I could kind of pick it up. And then like I had that same thing happen to me where I was saying something in Hungarian and then he corrected my grammar and I was like, oh, well, like now I don't want to. You know what I mean? Right. Don't, don't correct me. It's like, anymore. oh, I look like a fucking idiot you in my entire F. life. You oh, just said sh- F. You better edit that out. Wait, F. hold on. GD. No, no, we're 15 minutes in. We're good. We're <laughs> oh, now I can bombs away. Yeah, let her rip. Let her rip. Um, but yeah, I know. Because like, first of all, if, if like, for instance, when I see somebody who's struggling to speak English and, and I understand the gist of what they're saying, I'm not correcting them. You know what I'm saying? That's such a jerk move. Like, uh, I believe it's and your friend like just let them say it you know what i mean it's such a jerky and any hoodles okay let's do some mom fails yeah here's uh here's the first mom fail okay hi mommy this is sarah from georgia uh my mom fail is i got peed on in the post office by my two and a half year old yesterday (laughs) we were there to mail a package and he is new to underwear in the past month and told me he had to pee And, of course, they have no public restroom in the post office. His lead time for having to pee versus when you need to get into the bathroom is like 30 seconds. So I didn't Mm. have time to get out of the line, go to the car, drive somewhere, let him pee. So he asked me to pick him up, and I picked him up, not thinking about it, and he peed all over (laughs) me while I was holding him. Great. Thanks. Bye. By the way, kudos to you for getting that kid potty trained at two especially boys they're so much later um and yeah i've been peed on many times by my children mostly through leaky diapers i i don't wear white at all because uh they just piss all over you um but yeah good luck oh by the way later in this episode um so i got this email from a woman named sarah and she says she likes the podcast and um but she she laughs <laughs> at me because i'm such an la mom and um, in the in her rural community, she's like, things are way different. And so I emailed her back. I was like, great, tell me all about it. I'm so curious to know what your life is like. So we're going to call Sarah from Idaho here um, in about, I don't know, a few minutes, not a few minutes, 30 minutes or so. And we'll talk to her about what her life is like in a rural, 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 rural town. 
Um, okay, but let's continue with our mom fails because these are fantastic. Hey, main mommy, Kirsten. This is Chris from Wisconsin. Big fan of you and your husband, Garth. And just wanted to share a <laughs> so mom rude. fail with you that I had. So when my son first started walking, he we were outside having some drinks, grilling out. He pulled himself out the little table, went over, grabbed my beard, dumped it all over himself. Of Didn't like it. Brought it up to him a couple times since. He laughed, but he's never really talked about it. And we've gone out to eat hundreds of times since. Well, a couple weekends ago, we're at Buffalo Wild Wings. The waitress comes over, brings our drinks, and jokingly says, oh, do you want to have some of Daddy's beer? And he shouts so half the restaurant can hear him, no, when I first started walking, Daddy had me try beer. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, and we're ordering the Pow Pows tonight, which is what he calls the UFC. Do you want to come home with us and watch it? <laughs> so needless to say, she got a giant tip, and he's got a new girlfriend. Hey. So thanks for the podcast, and... I will be in Milwaukee September 5th. Hey. So everybody in the area, come try it out. Try it out. Thank you, sir. Hilarious. Buffalo Wild Wings, great place to take your kids anywhere that is really loud and with multiple screens is fantastic for small children. Um, that's so funny. So my dad used to take me to bars a lot when I was a kid, as I mentioned. <laughs> Which is why I'm such a balanced adult and I work in bars now as a comic. But um, so he taught me to say that he taught me this phrase. I would order um, I wanted we ordered like strawberry daiquiris, but with no alcohol in them when we go to the bar. I thought it was so novel that I could order like a daiquiri or a pina colada. And um, I think he didn't want me to say the word virgin. He was like, don't say virgin pina colada, virgin jackery instead say no booze <laughs> so i was like i want a strawberry daiquiri no booze and i like i thought and everybody would laugh when i would do it and i had no re like i had no idea until i was much older i'm like he had me saying that crap when i was like nine years old like, no booze like i'm some old uh you know homeless guy with a stick and a what is that like no booze a bindle. What, uh, whatever yeah <laughs> Two teeth, <laughs> no booze. <laughs> Who am I, a hobo? Okay, oh, we've got a video. I, guys, send me your GD vids. I love these videos more than life. I love your voicemails because I, it's so much better when you can hear a person. So I appreciate the emails. Send me your effing videos, please. Okay. So yeah, tell. Yeah, so this is from Brittany. Okay. Um, and they recorded oh, uh, their kids saying a new word that they learned. <laughs> <laughs> Record this. Video. What did you say, Alice? What did you say? <laughs> Wait, what did that kid say? She said, fucking bitch. Hilarious. See, it's so good when they do it in their little shrimp voice. It's so cute. It's so bad, though. You're not supposed to encourage that. Uh, it is one of the highlights, though. Oh, yeah, I remember. Uh, we, where is it? it Pull that one up. You were no, just yeah, searching I'm for it. so one. funny. I had my kids say bird is fat uh, for your mom's house. <laughs> so good. Anyways, I love it when little kids curse. It is highly inappropriate. Uh, I do not encourage you. You know our friend Bert? <laughs> there it is. You know Bert Kreischer? Can you say bird is fat? Perfect. <laughs> That's my boy. That's my son right there. Perfect. Perfect. He talks to me. So fat. So fat. 
<laughs> that is my son. Good boy. Good boy. Okay. Oh my gosh. Let's go to um, this generation is doomed. Are we done with our mom fails? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, I've got one on here. Oh, yeah. yeah you, hold on. Let me do these first. Yeah, Sorry, guys. We're kind of all over the map. This one's pretty great, Monfield. My husband and I were obsessed with our newborn's weight gain, but didn't want to constantly bring him to the doctor or lactation consultant for a weigh-in. So we decided it would be perfectly safe to put our teeny helpless child into a glass salad bowl <laughs> on top of our kitchen scale on the kitchen counter to weigh him. Needless to say, the bull immediately tipped over and the baby rolled out onto the counter and we both lunged to catch him before he rolled off. He's 14 months now, so despite us, he made it. And she writes so far in parentheses, Cindy. Thank you, you're right. Kitchen scales are not baby scales and I feel your pain about this constant uh, weighing in of the newborns, you know? Little hot tip for you moms. When you have a newborn, okay, what they love to do is, uh, first of all, it, this breastfeeding, I'm pro-breastfeeding, don't get me wrong, I am not anti-breastfeeding. I lasted, I don't know, five months, with uh, four months and five months with my kids. However, it is a cult of breastfeeding. And when you're really not given an option, which I don't think is very cool, but I get it, I get why, because it is healthier right now. It's cultural, it says it's healthier, because back in the 1950s, they said formula was healthier, but anyways. So these uh, breastfeeding ladies, they come around after you've had the baby in the hospital, they touch your boobs, they squeeze your nips, they uh, tell you that you've got good nipples, your nipples are inverted or they're droopy or they're big or they're little. They're going to say things like, the baby's latching, the baby's not latching, the latch isn't good, the baby might be tongue-tied. Um, so here's what happens. It takes a few days for your milk to come in, hot tip. Uh, you're going to have colostrum the first, what is it, 48 to 72 hours. And then your milk comes in usually once you've gone home with that baby or, you know, whatever, three days after the kid is born. In the meantime, in the meantime, they're going to tell you, well, um, you got to nurse constantly to get your milk stimulated, which is true. You must do that, okay? But your baby's going to lose weight if your milk hasn't come in already. And they're going to tell you stuff like you got to bring the baby in to be weighed every day. Make sure they're gaining weight, not losing weight. Because the breastfeeder people, they want your milk to come in. So they're going to keep making that baby suck on you even though it's losing weight. And it's going to send you into a panic because you're a new mom. I'm here to tell you that's normal. What I do is I let that baby suck on me until the milk comes in. Uh, but uh, just feed the kid formula. A little bit of formula is not going to kill them until you get that weight up until your milk comes in so that you're not running to the doctor. That's what I did on the second go around. I'm glad I did. Otherwise, I mean, they put me in a panic with Ellis because he wasn't latching and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, kitchen scales are not baby scales and they don't weigh your boobs either. I tried it for your mom's house. They are not easy to do it on. I've done it. Okay. How did you do it? I put my boob on a food scale, a food scale. Like, um, just in our office, Tom and I were in the studio together privately. <laughs> I just took off my bra because I mean, they're so big after I had this, uh, Julian. And I just put my titty on the scale. And uh, I'm not sure if it's accurate. I kind of feel like one of those scales in the grocery store would have been better that you put the produce in because then I could stand. Yep. You know? Yeah, I remember uh, back when we were trying to figure out the best way to, to weigh, to your weigh boobs. my boobs. Uh, people yeah. were talking about water displacement. And, what? Uh, yeah, that's like a what? Uh, 
if you paid attention in physics class, it's like you put, I did not. put a bowl of water and then you put your boob in it. And then when you see how much water it displaced, then oh. that's how much volume it, I don't know. It's like equations and shit. I, yeah. I don't know. I am, that is way beyond me. I'm not. I did not take physics in school. Surprise. Not smart. Okay. This generation is doomed. I, yes. Is this generation doomed? These moms think so. <laughs> So, first of all, let me point out uh, the reason this generation is doomed is because of my generation. I take full responsibility for the Gen Xers completely screwing up any anything the millennials have done. That's not perfect. No, I'm just saying that. I think the millennials are fantastic, actually. I think you guys are the most compassionate generation. I think you guys are amazing at many at business and stuff. Uh, but we've made you socially anxious, to say the least. And dare I say, overly ambitious. This is what I found in the Barnes and Noble I went to a while ago, and I almost, almost had to cover my mouth to contain the vomit coming out of it. It's, um, if you can see up on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, it is a cover for Teen Boss Magazine, and it's written Teen and the word B-O-S-S, -S, and the two S's are dollar signs. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and there's an exclamation um, mark at the end. I mean, <laughs> Look, here's the quiz, the hot quiz. Which mega company could you take over? <laughs> You're asking a teenager? I mean, is the company, you know, pimple cream and jerking off? Maybe that's a, what is the, what possible thing could a teenager do? A anyway, that was silly. I don't know why I say that. Okay, learn how to take a pro headshot, okay? Teen Boss's second annual Inspiration Awards. That's the second year they've been doing it. Tips to the top from real teens like you. And then Sabrina Carpenter's five steps to making your business dreams reality. Who's, can you look up Sabrina Carpenter real quick? Cause she looks cute. I'm guessing Instagram influencer, which isn't a real business. As far as I'm concerned, like that's just taking like semi naked pics of yourself and putting it up so that older guys can perv out on you. Sabrina Kerb, oh, Lamech, I'm sure. Oh, she's an American singer and actress. Okay, so she's in show business. She's in the Goodwin Games and oh. starred as Maya Hart in the Disney okay. Channel series Girl See, Meets World. Th this, unless she has a side business that I'm unaware of, this doesn't count as like an entrepreneur. Like actor, by, by the way, uh, secret, spoiler alert, actors that are famous at this girl's age, their parents push them into this business when they're like four years old where they don't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah, I mean she's cute, so she's hot, and she's on, and she's at Target. Yeah, see, she's hawking Target stuff. See, okay, I mean, good for her for expanding her brand. But uh, the point being, do we have to commodify every GD thing in the world as Americans? As I like the idea of making young people educated on business and entrepreneurship, but for God's sakes, I mean. Can we just enjoy adolescence and just enjoy the last moment of our lives that aren't being commodified and quantified and put out there? You know what I mean? I, I just, it makes me want to vomit. Ugh. Anyways, that was my, uh, this generation is doomed. But uh, what So at what age do you think it is okay to boss? start? I mean, here's, here's, here's what I've been telling. I'm serious. And this is, this is a hundred percent real, real right here, homie. Um, there are families, if you, if you, talk to rich people, if you talk to successful people, 
nine, most of the time, their parents taught them about money and how to think rich or act rich or whatever the heck it is. Poverty is a poverty consciousness too, right? Like my parents were immigrant, you know, so everything was like, you have to hold on to what you have. You're going to lose everything. It was all about hoarding and saving, right? Uh, which is so unhealthy and such a, and hating rich people too. Uh, these fucking rich people are bad. It's like, that. that's so silly. Instead, turn your consciousness to like, how can I make money? What are, what are ways in which you can produce things, make things, expanding? You know what I'm saying? It's a consciousness. So I believe in teaching your children not to have a poverty consciousness, not to think in terms of scarcity, what we don't have. You know, let's think of ways to, be, to think big and be big. Um, but I would say that, that consciousness, that conversation begins in the house day one. You know, you make children earn stuff. Um, if they do something, they get this, or I don't know. I mean, um, I would start, I would say around, yeah, teen, like high school, but not, you don't need to be entrepreneurs necessarily. They don't need to be on the cover of teen boss magazine, but, um, but just the education really begins in high school where you, I think getting a job, just getting a summer job. How about that? Isn't that enough for a teen? (laughs) Just suffering through a summer gig, you know, being a barista, that's more of an education than anything is uh, working with the public, my God. Yeah, that's actually really good advice. Right? Yeah, I mean, Go working, get a job. Yeah, working a job that you hate, it God, teaches you a lot. Ain't that the truth? What was your first crappy job? Uh, I was a, like a courtesy house. clerk uh, <laughs> at at Vaughn's Supermarket. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, bag boy. Oh, that's boy. fun. That's what they used to let mentally challenged kids do in our <laughs> No, yeah. It was, and then uh, they took the job away from them. I actually really respect what my mom did. I, I, had a, I was supposed to have an internship at like NBC, which fell through. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm doing nothing all summer. And she looked at me and no, she's like, nah, Vons is hiring. Why don't you go fucking apply over there? Can I tell you what? Mom, right. Yeah, she she did good. A hundred percent. My first gig, my first job was 13 years old. I worked as a counselor in training at the summer camp. And then I was a, a telemarketer uh, the next year. My, my stepdad changed my birth certificate so I could work. I was 14 and he changed it to make me 15 for the state of California. I was so illegal. He changed my legal document. It's crazy. Um, but all those jobs, I tell you, like that's, that's, I don't know. That's, that's what makes you social too. And I was riding the bus around LA when I was 13 and probably a lot, more, you know, a lot more free than I should have been. But like, dude, the resilience, that's really what you got to teach the kid. And they'll figure out the, the business stuff that can be taught, but resilience and, and common knowledge, man, that is, that. That's the foundation. And look at you now. Look at you now. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple mornings where I was definitely, you know, mopping the floors at like five in the morning. Uh, like, oh, shit. Like, I, I definitely had some thoughts. I was like, I am never doing this job again. Never. And then, you know, I just made sure every summer was lined up after that and uh, that I was never going to be caught with uh, my pants around my ankles without right. a job. There you go, homie. There you go. Best motivator for sure. Okay. What should we do next? Ooh, we got a what we got a whole bunch of oh. uh, mom hacks coming. Omg, I freaking love this. So I've asked you guys to submit mom hacks because I feel like when I'm with my kiddos, it's just a series of cleaning up, cooking, cleaning up, cooking, cooking, laundry, cleaning, cooking, laundry, diapers, diapers, diapers. So anything to help that process would be amazing. Um, so let's get into it. What you got for me, homie? 
Hey, mommies. It's Michelle here. I have three kids, so I have some hacks that work out might work out for you. Um, I always designate a pack of wipes to my children, and we call it the fun wipey wipe game, where they walk around the house and dust everything for me. Uh, they dust off pretty much everything, and it saves me that job. And then also, I taught my six-year-old the popcorn setting on the microwave, and that saves my life while I'm working from home, because the six-year-old can cook everyone popcorn with just pushing a button. So easy. I hope you guys take away from these two tips. Have a fun day. Bye, Mommy. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, a six-year-old can make their own popcorn. What about that? That's pretty good. And I like the wipey wipe game. Why not, man? You know, and I think, too, for little boys, it's so important to teach them to clean and cook. My my husband came to me as an adult uh, not knowing how to do that stuff like he went to college he said he didn't know how to do his own laundry because his mom never made him uh you better believe that shit ain't gonna happen in my house my boys are gonna do their own laundry and cook and clean okay i love this next video too yeah this is from cassandra this is great thank you let's play. here's my mom hack um if you're wondering why it's so dark in the room right now it's because i'm hiding from my family <laughs> so i'm in my bed in my bedroom yeah hoping they won't find me anyways my mom hack is to hire a cleaning person. <laughs> so I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. We're an average family. We're not poor. We have a decent life. So I figure I work hard enough to be able to afford one weekend off a month. Now, some people can get it bi-weekly. You can do weekly. I'm comfortable with with doing a monthly because then I don't feel as guilty about the fact that I'm paying someone to clean my house for me but that's what you got to do sometimes if you work full-time you have to pay people to clean your house and it is worth it because those weekends where I get a weekend off from doing all the laundry all the cleaning it is heaven mm. it is like the best mental vacation you could possibly give yourself. So that's my mom hack. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many other tips. Sorry. Girl, that is, isn't that, hey. That's the ultimate, dude. That's the tip, bro. L ladies, did you hear this woman? Get yourself a, a maid, a housekeeper. I'm telling you, when Tom Segura and I didn't have two dimes to rub together, we were so poor. We lived in the Rampart Division. <laughs> we wouldn't go to dinner. We wouldn't do any, you know, extracurriculars just to pay a maid. 60, we paid, what, $60 every two weeks. This lady would come. We had no money, but it was a priority because the time we did have home, who wants to be scrubbing toilets and um, cleaning slime out of the carpets? Like, pay a professional who does a better job than you, eh? And you get time. Time is the greatest gift of all, of all. And, sweetie, don't feel guilty about not cleaning your own house. I'm, it, it makes me makes me sad to, uh, I, I get it. I get, it feels weird to have somebody clean your house. It definitely did in the beginning. I was like, oh, my God. Like, do they judge me? Of course they judge me. I mean, most of the times my husband would leave, like, cock rings out next to the bed and like their sweet lady would find them and put them in baggies and stuff like that she knew what that was um but they're seen they've seen it all they've done it all and uh 
give someone a gig, let them do it. Let them clean girl. And uh, some people ask me, Christina, what can I get a woman that just had a baby? What is the, because I know those new moms are tired. Should I get them a gift basket full of good lotions? Yeah. You know what that bitch wants more than anything? Someone to clean her house, someone to take that baby so she can sleep a little bit and someone to cook her a meal. Those are the three best things moms uh, need. So there you go. Get someone to clean your damn house. All right. Who's this broad? Hey, mommy. Not a personal mom hack myself, but a cool mom hack. My mom, not a regular mom. She used to just, you know, put one of the big dogs with me outside in the dirt. Outside and let me um, dig in some bugs and some worms. And let me distract myself for a good 20, 30 minutes while she um, took a shower. It was nice. She got, she got some alone time. Mm. I appreciate it. I learned about the outdoors. Yep. 100%, dude. Listen, I buy all these toys on Amazon. I have most of the toys from Amazon I own. The best toy in the world is the hose. You give your kids a hose and some dirt and a spoon. I'm telling you, I would just put a box down on the floor and put flour in it and just set up a lawn chair and just watch the kid go. I still do to this day. Here's some flour. You don't need all the expensive stuff. I think I came by uh, the house <laughs> like uh, I think it was like maybe a month or two ago. <laughs> yeah. And you had Ellis just <laughs> emptying out a can of shaving cream on oh, yeah. your driveway. <laughs> I'm like, hey, do you know Ellis is doing that? It's like, yeah, that can will be done in a bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, you're right. I forgot it. But that's a that's a cool mom hack of mine. Go to Amazon, buy a just a brick of those uh, shaving cream canisters. Get like the six pack, the twelve pack. I'm telling you, little boys and little girls who come over, the, hand them a can of that, strip them down in their diaper, and just let them go nuts. Oh, you got it specifically for that because Tom's yeah. not using shaving cream. No, it's specifically for my kids. Huh. <laughs> so that mom can sit in a lawn chair and drink and watch them play. And then you just hose them down after. They love it. They love that stuff. And they can play with it in the tub and everything. Yeah, yeah that's what boys, I mean, you don't spend money on nothing. All right. Who's this chick? She's so pretty. Gosh, look at her hair. Christina, Hi. I am a mama of 16-month-old twins. I got a little boy and a little girl, and Lord knows they're little tornadoes. My house is never clean. My laundry's never done. Um, <laughs> that's all I do. So here's my mom hack. What I do is I splurge and I buy really cute pajamas. Not really Ooh. cute clothes. Mm -mm, really cute pajamas. So when they go to bed, they wake up the next day, they just go to daycare in their really <laughs> cute PJs. Make sure I get them with shorts. I get them with long sleeves and pants. You know, winter wear. You yeah. know, stuff they can wear. And I don't care if they're too small. Uh, Bubby's belly is going to be hanging out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, and if we're lucky and they don't get crap on them at daycare, then they can just wear them to bed that night wow. and put down all my laundry because Lord knows <laughs> all I do is laundry. Yes. All right, that's my mom hack. Wow. Also, don't throw your boxes away because they're not going to play with all those toys that you want. <laughs> all that money you spent, don't play with the damn box. A hundred percent. I love it. I love these. She's right, dude. That, that is, I've heard this one before, so a few people have emailed that one in too, is put the kids to bed in the clothes they're going to wear to school the next day. I had a mom write in that she actually makes them sleep in school clothes. Uh, this one just said, have them sleep in pajamas that look like school clothes, and a lot of them do look just like regular clothes. So that's amazing. All right, what's this guy all about? Hey, mommy. Um, by the way, 
Christina, you're thank you. glowing. I know, thank you. You are glowing. You're so sweet. Miss, ma'am, mommy. Okay, um, a mom you. hack. My mom, growing up in New Jersey and in here in Kentucky, she used to always feed the birds, always have a lot of bird seed, a big Tupperware thing full of bird seed. We found out later that's where she kept her pot. So every time she went to go feed the birds, she was hacking. Yes, that's her code. Don't forget, I'm going to feed the birds. <laughs> Poor mama. Yes, bro. You got to talk. You got to talk. You know, and I tell you, after the first kid, I was like, I don't think I can take drugs anymore. I can't smoke pie. I can't drink anymore. And by the second kid, you're like, uh, we just need to get high and chill out and watch some Netflix, man. Because you got it under control. You know, I'm not saying be reckless when the kids are asleep. Hey, mom and dad do their thing. So this one I love, this next video. This this lady I relate to a thousand, a hundredly percent, a hundredly percent. What is up, Mommy Christina? My mom hack I am bringing today is colorful toys. I'm not a, oh, I turn diapers into hats, recycling, <laughs> pure love. Mom, I will bribe a child all day with colorful toys. Um, I'm going to bring you my three most favorite yes. as of late. First one is this drum set. Yeah. We have had it two days and already lost the sticks, so yeah. he is using pens. Yeah. The next one is this sports center. Yeah. He is not very good at it, but it has a bunch of lights on it. No. Keeps him busy for days. And the last one is this whale toy. Do you want to show Christina P Aww, the whale toy? Go look at that. Show her. <laughs> Ooh, boy, get it, get it, get it. Get it, get it, get it. It shoots balls out of the spout, and then he's got to go chase them yeah. around. Those are my mom hacks brought to you by Lizzie V. Keep them high and tight. Lizzie V, you're my girl. That's what's up. That's called Amazon. Go ahead and buy all those products on Amazon using my banner. Go to where my mom's at, uh, dot com. Check out, click the bottom of the homepage. I'm telling you, girl. So here's the embarrassing thing, Lizzie. I have two out of those three toys right now in my playroom. The drum set, it's already been destroyed. Um, that that hoop thing, I have the same thing, and I hate it because whoever did the I'm gonna throw it. Whoever did the voiceover did such a bad job. The kid the kid's laugh is horrible. He goes, throw the ball, kick the ball. <laughs> like he fake laughs. <laughs> like you couldn't do a second take on that. <laughs> like that's not even a laugh. You couldn't get a child to laugh. Anyway, it always bothers me. And the whale toy. I have ordered on Amazon because of you. So thank you, Lizzie. I throw money at any problem I can. Okay. What do we have? Oh, this is so oh, cute. So this next one um, is from Heather. And she said that, you know, she found a mom hack that actually oh. watching your mom's house podcast <laughs> really calms down her baby. <laughs> sold out. But... Um, <laughs> And there he is watching our podcast. Yeah, watching this is Tom. just tour dates. I wonder if it's Tom's voice that calms that baby. You know what? Maybe that's Tom's road baby. And he's used to the sound of Tom's voice. And he's like, Dad, could you imagine? Like, it does look like Tom, right? That kid? 
dark hair. <sighs> Fuck. Well, I'm flattered. Thank you. And I'm glad that your mom's house provides that service for your family. Um, we're not just all about poop jokes. We also soothe babies. Okay, moving right along. What have we got now, Bubby? We got some, oh, hold on, hold on. This mom hacks amaze. Let me read this one to you. It says, the other day, my husband was at work and my three kids were running around before bed. I was on the couch watching TV with a blanket on me, trying to hide the entire Carvel cake I was eating <laughs> because I didn't want to share. Every time my kids came in the room, I shoved the cake under the couch and promptly retrieved it when they left. This happened at least five times before I finished. They got no bites and no one was the wiser, but I was so satisfied. Home here now, Sarah. Exactly. Yes, because I'm at that age now where anything, I mean, my kids are that age where anything I eat, they eyeball and then they take it from me so quickly. So yeah, and my uh, toddler knows when I'm eating something good, like when it's a piece of chocolate, I came in the room and he's like, what's in your mouth? And I was like, it's broccoli, it's broccoli. It's not. <laughs> I, I just pop Brussels sprouts. And Juju is such a little snack monster. He takes everything out of my hands, anything and everything. Oh, this is great. I love this uh, mom hack. First off, she writes, thank you for making a podcast. You're welcome like this. You're welcome. No one talks about how hard it is to be a mom. Amen. My lazy mom moment. My kid spilled juice in his crib right before bed. Instead of cleaning the sheet, I just put a blanket over it and put him on the other side of the bed. <laughs> it was too late to deal with. I needed my kid free time. LOL. Kalen. Thank you. Yeah, that one's free. <laughs> it is so funny. Like, I don't know what it is about your your own children, but man, like I came home from my trip from to Salt Lake City and I was so rested and I was so stoked to see my family. And then within minutes, I just, you know, you just go to rage. Like you just get annoyed with everybody within five seconds. And like, there's some nights you'll put that kid down and you're like, oh my God, this is the best. Like, you know, you do something cute with them and you're just like being a mom's the best. And there's some nights you're just counting down that clock. Like just go to fucking sleep like please just oh i just gotta go upstairs i gotta get out of here so that's very uh it's interesting i don't i don't that's just the game i guess okay all right let's take a moment here to thank our sponsors for where my mom's at first is michelin moms and dads you know you've been there uh it's happened to all of us at some point you're driving in the car and the kids are arguing in the back seat you turn around for a split second to break it up when you look back at the road and suddenly there is a car inches away from your front bumper you slam on the brakes hoping to stop in time you want tires that perform well with every stop and that's where michelin comes in because stopping safely consistently matters the average family will stop an often emergency stop some twenty thousand times per year Michelin, unlike other brands, builds their tires to perform every time across every diaper run, pickup, drop off and road trip. When worn Michelin Premier all season tires come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling over 15 miles per hour. Michelin is the world's leading tire manufacturer. They are dedicated to enabling mobility and safety for all parents driving around with their loved ones in the back seat. Michelin has a rich 125-year global history and an unwavering dedication to provide products and services that make driving around with your families safer, more efficient, and eco-friendly. So next time when you're looking for new tires for the family car, consider Michelin Premier All-Season Tires. Michelin, performance every time. 
Where My Mom's At is brought to you in part by Native. Native, I love it. Native can hang with your workout, your busy mom life, or a 16-hour day. It's deodorant with over 8,000 five-star reviews. It's been in uh, the Today Show, Women's Health, L, Good Morning America, Pop Sugar, Nylon, Hello Giggles, and more. You know what I like about Native? Uh, the ingredients. You know what's in it. They have fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything that's in the deodorant, and it doesn't contain aluminum. Did you know that aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications, including breast cancer and Alzheimer's? Although Native is priced at a slight premium when compared to conventional deodorants, it is safe and effective, and it has something for everyone. There's a wide array of scents for men and women, and they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They also offer an unscented formula and baking soda free formula for those with sensitivities. I love it. I love the lavender and rose scent. Um, try it out. Try it. it. It really does work for a long time, which is what I need because I have these long, long days. Um, it's no risk to try. They offer free returns and exchanges in the USA. Native, N-A-T-I. V. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code WMMA during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase by visiting nativedeodorant.com and using promo code WMMA during checkout. Thank you, Native. All right. You know, when your kids put you in the hot seat peppering you, with questions. What are cars made of? What is a sky made of? What are my clothes made of? Pact, an eco-friendly clothing company, wants to make sure you at least have a good answer to the last one. No gross stuff, just 100% organic cotton. Pact makes super soft organic cotton clothes for kids ages newborn to 12. They do all the worrying from farm to closet so you don't have to. They grow 100% organic cotton with no synthetic fertilizers or chemicals. They invest in the people who make the clothes, starting with the farmers. So care is imbued in their product the moment it's plucked from the earth until it hits your kid's skin. And you know what they don't do? They don't mark their products up just because they're organic. Everything is fairly priced. This is what I love about Pact. Um, you get a t-shirt for six bucks, an organic cotton t-shirt. And I, I have to tell you, I actually was looking for this stuff for my kiddos. It's so hard just to find a nice cotton shirt. <laughs> and Pact has just lovely, simple, clean clothes, six bucks for a t-shirt. Pact wants kids to love their stuff too. So all their colors are, um, the colors are fun and the, uh, it's crazy soft and, and it's tagless. Did you know that? It's tagless. So your kids can mix and match their clothing to make parent proved parent approved outfits. And I love it. Pact also makes clothes in adult sizes too. So shop head to toe goodness for the whole family at wearpact.com. Use code where my mom's at to get 20% off your first purchase. That's W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T.com and use code where my mom's at. Okay, thank you, packed. Okay, oh, this episode is also brought to you by The Real Real. The Real Real. I just went on there uh, to find a handbag, actually, the other day. Um, the Real Real. You can own iconic luxury items at unreal values with The Real Real, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury from top designers. I'm telling you, they got Louis Vuitton. They got Gucci Gucci. Rolex, Cartier, hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. 
New arrivals come in daily, and every single item is authenticated by the Real Reels team of experts. In fact, the Real Reel employs over 100 brand authenticators, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is 100% authentic. Shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion, as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home. Shop online or you can visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood or their newest location at 870 Madison Avenue in New York. You may also visit one of their luxury consignment offices in Chicago, Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. In-store new customers receive an automatic $25 off at checkout. I love it. Like I said, I was looking for a handbag the other day on the Real Real. I, I highly advise it. Why buy new when you can buy um, from the Real Real? It's so much better. Why not recycle fashion? Hello. Shop in store online or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's the realreal.com promo code REAL for 20% off select items. All right. Thank you to my lovely sponsors. Now let's get back to the show. Um, my cousin Shadi sent this in uh this is so interesting so i had mentioned briefly on um an episode that there are cultures oh back in the 1950s here in the u.s they used to put newborns little babies out in the cold and they would encourage you if you want your baby to sleep well you put them outside and you put them outside in the dead of winter as well and it's even better if it's cold and I swear that was a common practice. So she sent me this. It said, the babies who nap in sub-zero temperatures. This is from BBC News. I'll put this on the link when this episode comes out. Please remind me, Native. Um, so this says, would you put your toddler outside in the freezing cold for their lunchtime nap? Most Nordic parents wouldn't give it a second thought for them. It's part of their daily routine. Daytime temperatures this winter in Stockholm yeah, thanks, mommy. Have regularly dropped to minus five Celsius. Come on, man. That's 23 degrees Fahrenheit. But it's still common to see children left outside by their parents for a sleep in the pram. A pram is, that's the foreign, foreign way of saying a stroller. Uh, wander through the snowy city and you'll see buggies lined up outside coffee shops while parents sip on lattes inside. If you're visiting friends and your child needs a nap, you may be offered the garden or balcony instead of a bedroom. I think it's good for them to be in the fresh air as soon as possible, says Lisa Martin, a mother of three from Stockholm who works for a food distribution company, especially in the winter. When there's lots of diseases going around, the kids seem healthier. Okay, so th this is, the article's kind of long, I'll paraphrase it. But m this is totally a Euro thing. My mother was insistent on fresh air. You need fresh air. This is the remedy to all problems in Europe is fresh air. And th so th the belief was that babies sleep longer because of their cold. They're bundled up tighter. They're swaddled better. They're not sweating in their sleeping garments. And so they did a study. And yes, it's true. The naps actually do last longer uh, because they're swaddled better and they're not sweating and overheating. Um, but it didn't, it was inconclusive in terms of them getting more sicknesses and colds. You know what I'm saying? Because if the older sib comes home and brings home those, those toddler diseases, the, the, the preschool shit, there ain't nothing you can do. You know what I'm saying? Fresh air ain't gonna cure a uh, 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 hand, foot, and mouth disease. The other day, I was at uh, my mommy and me class with Julian, and uh, 
this first time mommy was next to me and she goes she saw him julian julian just sucks on his fingers right he touches the floor sucks those little fingers so cute they're little cookie fingers and this mom she sees him sucking the fingers and she goes oh you know be careful don't let him suck on his fingers because of hand foot and mouth disease hand foot now i hear it's terrible and i didn't say i didn't say anything but in my head i was like bitch please we done had hand foot and mouth in this house Okay. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside with your hand, foot, and mouth disease, bitch. Okay. That's some junior varsity mom shit to be like, you can prevent stuff from happening. No, you can't. Good luck. Sanitize their hands all you want, boo. You can sanitize. It's not going to help. The shit don't matter. They're going to get it. They're going to get it. They're just going to get sick. You just have to endure. You have to just endure that shit. Okie dokes. What are we gonna do? Oh, that's right. I don't. Hold on. Let me just think. We did that. Yeah, we can hold that one off. I'd like. Yeah. Let's I do mean, general questions. Sure. Let's do generals. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Hey, James. It's mommy Lizzie V. Um, I just dropped my sweet, oh. sweet fifteen-month-old yeah, boy off. At hourly daycare for the first time, and I'm borderline dying inside. Um, My husband's mom didn't leave him alone with another adult human being until he was, like, freaking seven years old. And she had a panic attack, and she had to go to the straight-up hospital. I'm not that status, but I am feeling dead inside so i was wondering if you would just chat about the first time leaving the boys and how you got through it i know there's a light at the end of the tunnel but it is a struggle right now love the podcast thanks for being awesome keeping high and tight got it all right yeah i'll tell you what um so with juju the baby baby um he's only ever left with one other human besides me so I trust that other human, I've trusted her, her, our nanny. She's been with us since Ellis was four months old. So I trust this bitch with my children. The only person I really, 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 really trust with uh, baby, baby jeans. Um, now, so E-Man, when I sent him to preschool or whatever daycare, the first time he was about 15 months too. And dude, no one warned you, but that was just gut-wrenching because... Like you, I went with him, I remember, and we spent time there. And then um, I think the first time he was actually okay because we went in with him and we stayed there for like half hour and then we're like, okay, later. And he didn't freak. And then the second and third time he would start to cry. So it was kind of like a reverse. And so the first time we left him, I had so much anxiety and sadness and guilt and weird I was in the parking lot. I spied on him through the, the fence. Like there's a parking lot and there was a fence. I would like pull my car up and like see if I could see him playing. And if he was playing and he was happy, I would drive off. So I was like, okay. And then the school knew that I was obviously first time mom doing that. Um, so they're like, well, you can call and check on him in a little bit. So I called the school and I was like, how's he doing? And they're like, he's fine. He's playing. I was like, oh, okay, thank God. So ask the school if they're aware of your um, inner mom panic because they deal with it every day, every year. You know, ask if you can call. Can I call and just see how he's doing? Don't talk. You don't want to talk to him. 
um, because that's going to be whatever weird for him and it's going to jar him out of his fun. But ask if you can just say, hey, how's the how's kiddo doing? How's he adjusting? And um, and that's really it, mommy. I mean, look, it's good for them. Just remind yourself that it's good for them. They, they, they do need to. They're going to learn so much cool stuff, by the way, by going to school at that age. Like your kid's going to learn how to wash their hands quicker than normal when they see some other kid doing it. They're going to eat pizza. They're going to try things. They're more, they're more likely to try new stuff because they're seeing other kids do it. Um, and yeah, send them. The, I, you know what I do too? I just send them there for an amount of time that you feel comfortable with. Um, you know, if it really freaks out, I don't, I only did like, you know, two half days in the beginning. Um, and I come pick him up at noon. So he knew he was coming home for lunch and nap and stuff. But yeah, bro, I mean, it's tough. And every step they go through, it's, it's just tough because you want them to be perfect. You want their lives to be perfect. But just remember, you're preparing them for the world, not for perfection. You're preparing them for the inevitable hardships of life. And there are many. So hang in there, girl, and um, just get drunk. That's what I do. Go ahead. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Drink every night. Hi there. My name's Robin. Um, I had a miscarriage a few years ago in a previous marriage I was in. I'm in a new relationship now where I'm engaged. And one of the things that is on my mind a lot is possibly having another miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives me a lot of anxiety. And I listened to one of your episodes in which you were talking about that you had already had a couple of miscarriages. And I know this is mostly about, you know, having kids now and, you know, parenting, uh, obviously, when you already have the the kid. But is that something that you'd be willing to talk about? Like, um, when you had your miscarriages, did you have really bad anxiety about conceiving again? Um you know, were you able to get enough support from it? Um, I kind of feel like miscarriage is one of those things that a lot of people don't really talk about too much um, uh, because it sort of seems a little taboo. Anyways, thanks, Mommy. Yeah, I would love to talk about my miscarriage. <laughs> um, but can I tell you something? I think it should be that open of like, yeah, here's what happened because – you're absolutely right that, um, first of all, I'm sorry that you did have to go through it. It's horrendous. I would never wish it on any woman. Um, I would definitely say a miscarriage is up there with uh, top, top three traumatic events that have, that have personally happened to me in my life. It, horrible. Uh, is there enough support? No, never. And it, it is one of those taboo topics that for some reason – Women don't talk about, I think partly, be, not malicious, uh, m- not, not for malicious reasons or whatever, partially because it is unpleasant. And once you do have a baby, the last thing you want to think about is the miscarriages you've had before this life is finally here. So I think people have amnesia. It's like, you know, let's not talk about the horrible parts um, to motherhood. But anyways, yes, I would gladly share uh, my thoughts and my feelings with you on this. So, um I think what's really horrible about a miscarriage is that, you know, you have all these expectations of a life inside of you, right? Like you're so pumped up, you're so stoked. And uh, especially if it's your first pregnancy, you're not even thinking in terms of like, oh, this could go south. I mean, I didn't. And so that's the really the the high of like, we're going to have a baby to like that one ultrasound or whatever it is that tells you you're not to, oh, this is 
not happening and you you know you started to plan your life one way and the excitement and then all of a sudden it's like a, a roller coaster crashing into the into the ground so there's that element and then there's this weird stuff that happened to me where i would think about um what what could i have done to contribute to this did i eat something you know did i have sushi before i found out i was pregnant and this the raw fish you're not supposed to have that so maybe that contributed did i lay on my stomach during a massage did that cause the and then you go and then you but rationally you go yeah but like heroin addicts have babies <laughs> those infants right like real shitbag humans who don't care about their bodies have babies all the time so there's not like you really can't do a lot to contribute to that occurring it's genetics it's just you know the whatever whatever reason they don't even know a lot of times what why you have a miscarriage but it's hey nature nature is a cruel savage bitch and she does not care about your feelings when it comes to that baby um, she doesn't give a fuck if she gives you a miscarriage and she certainly tears through your body to let that baby grow inside of you and your organs get pushed around. And then it's savage when nature, you know, when you birth, shit is real, it's savage. Um, so the whole thing is very traumatic. And um, unfortunately, you know, you can tell your husband about it, but I just don't think like, I mean, Tom's amazing, but I don't think he really understood the gravity you don't really you know it's unless you've been through it it's hard to understand so i would try to reach out to people you know have gone through it i always recommend therapy process the trauma it's traumatic it's painful um i would i would i would put my money on my miscarriage as being more painful than actual labor um and i didn't spend a lot of time later i only i got to like what contractions were five minutes apart before i got an epidural but um very painful and um very traumatic and even after ellis was born after that uh, i remember thinking oh he's not going to survive like i still had the feeling of anxiety of like is this baby going to live because you're like i've had two two die so what if ellis dies and then um so that was terrible and i didn't stop thinking that he was going to die until he turned like six months old and then with the second baby i had ivf because at my age they were like you know, you have a 50-50 chance of having a miscarriage at over 40. And I was like, forget that. I'm not even going to, I'm going to take the chance out of it because I just couldn't go through it again. So that's why I, I went for IBF and that way they can test those embryos and see if they're, you know, more likely to be viable. And I got really lucky, thank goodness. But um, it's taboo. It's shameful. For some reason, I felt personally responsible for my miscarriages. I didn't want to tell people about them um how do you get out of yeah. that line of thinking oh uh, yeah therapy talking through the trauma because it's a death it's, you're essentially dealing with a death so you have to process it you have to grieve it you have to go through the feelings of the confusion of the roller coaster and really you should do it with a licensed professional a therapist find somebody who's good and qualified I'm going to have, um, we're going to do an episode with Katie Morton. She's going to come in. She is a therapist on YouTube. I would check her out now because she's going to come in here so you can send your questions and stuff to her by video, please, or voicemail. Um, Katie Morton is her name. She is a, a, a marriage and family therapist, and she's on YouTube. And she has so many useful videos about every topic imaginable. I believe she probably has stuff on, I believe, on miscarriage. But look for sort resources online if you don't have a therapist. 
Okay, let's do one more question and then we're going to talk to Sarah in Idaho about being a raw, 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 raw mom. What do we have? Hi, Christina. Um, love you so much. Thanks, Mommy. I am calling from Buena Vista, Colorado. Huh? And um, I guess this really isn't a fail or um, it, it's more of a question to you if you ever struggled with postpartum depression after um, Ellis or Julian and yeah if you or the other mommies on the show could maybe share about that or talk about that I just had my first and she's three months old and I love her so so much but um, it's been hard and it's it's much more real than I thought it would be it meaning postpartum depression so um, yeah just kind of looking to hear stories of other moms who are going through the same thing. And anyways, I just love you so much and your show so much, and it brings me um, a lot of camaraderie from afar, and I really appreciate it. So have a good day. Thanks. Oh, poor lady. Um, Congrats on the baby, and thank you for having the courage to call in and even talk about that. I, yes, I defer you to the Alyssa Milano episode. First of all, go listen to that. Alyssa was very forthcoming about her battle with postpartum depression that started actually a year after she gave birth, which is, I guess, uncommon, but not not impossible. Uh, listen to her describe it because I think the problem with the phrase postpartum depression is that you think it's not all it doesn't at least for me it didn't manifest as straight depression like i've been done depressed i was goth for fucking 12 years like i've been depressed most of my life and after having both the kids i experienced this postpartum i call it postpartum funkadelia postpartum anxiety postpartum ocd i don't think it's always depression and which is why it was confusing for me both times and i remember after my first baby like you go to the you go to the doctor's visits, the pediatrician, and they're like, they would just ask me on a form, do you have feelings of sadness? And I'm like, yeah, I'm human. Yes. All times or yeah, like and do you have anxiety? Like, yeah. So it was not not like a thorough I didn't even know I had it. Um, until like a you know, I see my shrink and um and that's when we determined that that's what was going on with me. Uh, for me, I'll just be brief because it was in the Alyssa episode, if you want to listen to that. Um, it manifested in severe anxiety on both kids. Um, I went to obsessive checking of things, checking monitors to make sure the kids are okay. Um, stockpiling supplies. I got to go get more diapers. I got to get more stuff. Um, really, not so much the depression because I'm I'm not so depressive anymore. I'm more of an anxious person, which means I'm fueled by feelings I'm not feeling (laughs) um so yeah it was more about that I wasn't enjoying stuff I wasn't able to think clearly um little things would freak me out when you're when you have anxiety like the minutest things are horribly big to you like I can't find my keys I can't find my keys I can't find my keys where the fuck are my keys like everything is bigger than it should be so a lot of the times when women are asking me like can you talk about it it's because they're going do I have it? I'm not sure. And all this crap you read on the internet, it's not really, I don't think it's, a, it's not really relatable. And it's, it's like, 
you know when you like you'll google it like i remember googling it the second time with julian like do i have postpartum depression and it's like feelings of anxiety feelings of sadness feelings of and it's like yeah but that's like again like that's within the human experience so um but i would say if you're finding yourself asking this question a lot like gosh do i have this something feels off i'm not enjoying anything anymore and you're not sleeping because you're a new mom which makes it even crazier because your feelings are just inflated times 100 because you're not sleeping you're not eating normally nothing's normal so that's hard too to determine it um again go see a therapist man can't hurt you certainly can't hurt to start talking to a shrink and and i recommend getting medicated why not um if you're really in the funk in the dumps go get on some kind of antidepressant get on an ssri get on something to just lift the haze so that you can get treatment that underlying treatment um because that's really just survive girl you're in the first year of their life for me that was the hardest uh and it's going to get better and just know i know it feels like it's never going to end and oh my god why do i why do i not love every minute of it because that's all i fucking heard is the magic of motherhood and i and mother, you know, I love every minute of it. I love every minute. I go, well, you're brain dead or you're in denial because it's not possible to love every minute of anything. And I don't want the show to sound like we're complaining about kids. It's not that. We're complaining about or just even, even uh, having the audacity to say that motherhood, like any other thing that's worth doing, is extremely fucking fraught with everything, with ambivalence, with you know, the most tremendous highs to the most tremendous lows. And I think that the more we normalize this idea of motherhood as opposed to it being idealized like it is, like every time a Kardashian gets pregnant, it's baby bliss. They literally, it's baby bliss as if it's the silliest thing in the world. And hey, I, I mean, look, and I know it's hard to even say this in the mommy world. It's very taboo. But anything worth doing in life, you're going to have ambivalence towards anything. Look, comedy. I love stand-up comedy more than, you know, anything I do besides being with my family. But I fucking hate it, too. Guess what? I have to enter, you know, there's Late Show Friday where there's drunk people vomiting in my showroom. Someone fucking puked in a cup this last week in Salt Lake City. That's real for me. I have to go leave my family to work. Um, that sucks, too. Does that mean I hate comedy or that I'm bad at comedy? No, it just means I'm a human being with fluctuating feelings that come and go. And the more we start talking about postpartum depression and miscarriages and the fact that motherhood isn't all wine and roses, the less women are going to call feeling like, I don't know, am I allowed to, am I allowed to have a maid to clean my house for me? I feel guilty. Am I allowed to feel weird about not loving this newborn phase in my child's life like this is insanity that we even have to question how we feel because the, the societal expectation is you should love all of this all the time because it's a miracle the miracle of life they even call it that, a miracle the blessed miracle the blessed virgin mary miracle and it is it's fucking amazing but it's also sometimes not fucking amazing and it's very confusing uh, for us women because we've been told we should you should be down for this stuff and it should be easy right that's another myth when that baby comes out you'll just know what to do you'll just know what to do I was like what heroin I'm terrified I have anxiety I don't know what to do I don't know what to do I didn't know what to do 
So um, get get the support you need, both of you, with the miscarriages and the uh, postpartum. This shit is real, man. It's a part of life. And go ghost to your shrinks. Talk to as many people you can. Girl, we talk to women that are real about it and that aren't ashamed of it. Um, I was watching this episode last night of Southern, Southern Charm. Um, I was, <laughs> I know, I was like passing through. I love Bravo. And, uh, oh yeah, you got to see these women. They're beautiful. They're like all these stunning, I don't even know the premise. I just happened to click on this one scene. They're like rich women in the South maybe, and they're beautiful. And, um, this woman was at, uh, an aquarium with her mother and her one-year-old. And she goes, and this is my favorite. She goes, I interviewed nannies a little while ago and I decided it's not worth it to me because I want to spend every minute with my baby because every moment is so special. <laughs> she started tearing up. I mean, I could have a nanny and go drinking with my friends, but then I'd miss every special moment. <laughs> it's like... I was like, all right, I get, I, hey, I get it. And that is some first child shit. That is some first baby shit. Because by that second baby, you're like, he's walking. Oh, shit. All right, great. I got to go. I'll be right back. Tell him to keep walking. I'll take a video later. Like, I, I got shit to do, bro. No, not, not that cynical, obviously. Um, but it is less precious. Um, second time around. But I get it. I get it. You want to spend every moment. But there's no reason you can't have help. By the way, her mommy, her mommy was with her at the aquarium. So bitch got help. Okay. So don't give me this stuff. You have a nanny or a bad mom. No, no, no. She has her family. I don't have anybody. My family's crazy. I wouldn't let them near my kids. I got to hire same people that help me. Same person. My one. Um, I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> what a lie. Okay. Let's get to the call. I mean, why, why are we even saying, you would never say that about anything, right, Nadav? About anything that you love. What do you love, Nadav? What's your most favorite thing in the world? Be honest. Uh, pizza. I love pizza. What do I? I yeah. love every minute of pizza. Sure. I love, I love every minute of eating. I love eating. <laughs> but then sometimes it's not so pleasurable, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh, I shouldn't have had that second pint of ice cream. Yeah. You know, and, and then you just feel disgusted. No, but I'm saying, seriously, what, what's something you love? Music? Yeah, I could do without music. Oh, that's right. You're one of those anti-social. <laughs> um, Jesus. I mean, what I, do you, you know, I, I, I love television. I love, I love, I love television. Movies. You know, I, you know, I like to binge on that stuff. Yeah. But even then, it's like, even like TV that I love a lot, like I could maybe do two or three episodes in a row. Like I can't, right. I can't do it too much before I'm like, oh God, what, where's this day gone? Like all See? I've done is just this, you know? Yeah. All good things in moderation including moderation is that what they say yeah you can't do everything all the time and love it's impo it's impossible it's humanly impossible okay let's call sarah sarah yeah so let's take a quick break and okay. then we'll get back into this call okay mommy okay welcome back to the show i'm going to call sarah from idaho um she wrote in saying that she finds m my la momming stuff uh and she finds it hilarious She's like, if you only knew what goes on in rural America, how we mom, you would die. And I thought, well, great. Let's hear about it. So I'm going to call Sarah right now. She's expecting our call. And uh, let's hear about mom life in Idaho. I've been to Idaho. I've been to Lewiston. Oh, hold on. Internal microphone? Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 
Lewiston, Idaho. Paper mill town. I remember that. I'm trying to remember if I've done anything else in Idaho. <gasps> Hello. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Hi, it's Christina P. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for talking with me today. Yeah, absolutely. I am so excited. I was not at all expecting this when I got off that email. So. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk about your email because <laughs> I was so... I was so amused by it because I grew up here in L.A. and I never even think that people listening are like, this broad, who are you with your ridiculous stories, your ridiculous life? Um, so I was so thrilled. So tell me everything. Okay, I don't, I don't want to know exactly where you're at because I don't want to get you in trouble, but you're in the state of Idaho. I am. So it's not necessarily like a super, super small town, but... So, like, our entire community, it's, like, right on the border of Washington, Idaho. Um, has about 60,000 people in it. What? That's it? Oh, my right. God. Right. But it's considered big because we have a ton of, like, little farm towns okay. surrounding the area. So, the town, like, I'm originally from that my family grew up in that I consider my hometown like, in its heyday had maybe 800 people in it. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I've done Midvale. I've done uh, I've done comedy in Idaho. I've driven through your beautiful state. It is a beautiful state. I've been to Lewiston, which has a paper mill, and the whole town smells yep. like that. Yep, um, that's where I'm at. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So so let's talk about it. So what do you think the differences are between um, my LA mom life and your Idaho mom life? What's going on? Well, it's just crazy. Like, the thing that got me really thinking about it was your episode with Mitzi and the doulas. Yeah. Because that, like, it's not even really, like, we do have birthing doulas. Like, that is an option around here. But really, like, you meet with them maybe once or twice. They're there for the birth. They come in and check on you maybe once or twice a week after you have the baby. But that's only, like, a couple of weeks. Like, never in a million years would I have imagined that, like, having a live-in doula is even possible. (sighs) So, like. Can't it was you... just one of those things that like totally blew my mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> like this is a thing? Like that? Like you're like, who is this? this? Is so unfair. Yeah. Like, who is this yeah. crazy highfalutin LA nutbag with a doula right. who comes to her house at night? Listen, man, when I heard about it too, because uh, I heard about it after I had uh, before I had Ellis, but I was like, what? Get out of here. Get your life. I'm not letting some stranger into my house. I know it's crazy, but we're crazy LA people. Can you import one? Maybe yeah. you could import one from, oh. like, Portland. I see you're near Oregon. Oh, yeah. Those, those Californians. Those dirty Californians. <laughs> it's a bad word in our town. Ah, oh, I know. Everybody hates California. Oh, I know it. Oh, yeah. And oh, LA. Especially here in Idaho. Oh, really? <laughs> Why do they hate oh, us? Oh, yeah. My husband's in real estate, and so, like, every once in a while, there's somebody that wants to move up. They're like, oh, my gosh, the cost of living is so cheap up here. It's so fantastic. Yeah. And then... Like 20 minutes later, it's like, go home, Californians. I'm all over Facebook. You're right, though. We pay a lot of state tax. It's very expensive to live here. It's silliness. It is. So, okay, so the doula thing, that definitely is a crazy L.A. woman stuff. And then what else? Yeah. And so, like, another thing, so I also listen to um, a lot of Allison Rosen stuff as well. I love Allison. She'll be on this show, too, eventually. Ah, yes, I love her so much. She's the best. But she talks about, like, like her and Daniel would always talk about like their mommy and me play groups that they'd go to and they'd go and they'd like socialize with other toddlers. I'm like, 
we again not even a thing that's around here like maybe like we'll take our kids to the mcdonald's and they can like sniff out another kid there and in the play place but other than that like daycare obviously they meet other kids there but like there's really nothing centered for like parents and small children like everything down here is very much focused like for the longest time and it is getting better like I do have to give my community like a huge hats off because we have a huge a growing group downtown that's really trying to get more arts and music and stuff going more community local events but other than that like the big focus around here is like well we got a bar. There's a dart league. <laughs> I you know. kids, sucks to be you. I've been to Idaho. I know some places I remember. Yeah, yeah. I did a bar in Idaho, and it was, uh, it was fucking real. It was like cowboys and stuff. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing philosophy oh, yeah. jokes back then. Bad idea. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I think I cried in the alleyway. Um, the Idaho. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So you're telling me, wait a minute, you mean to tell me there's no mommy and me classes and you guys don't have doulas? <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> Next you're going to tell me there's no Lululemon. Okay. Or oh, my gosh. We have to drive to the big city of Spokane for that. Okay. So. <laughs> no smoothies? All right. No. What about vegans? Do you have those? You know, we have one vegan in my office, and they are ridiculed relentlessly. Yeah, they should be. I think you're right. Yeah. And I think that's, <laughs> I know that's very un-LA of me to say, but anybody with a special diet should be ridiculed that talks about it, don't you think? I think that warrants um, being an annoying. And I'm not, let's go vegan, keto, primal, paleo, gluten-free, anybody on a special diet. No one wants to hear about your your special diet. Shut the fuck up. Um, okay, yeah. but let's get into the nitty gritty because I got you. So I'm getting a picture now of where you're at, and you're not even doing mommy me. Is there a park that you can go to? Oh yeah, I yeah. mean we have a few parks. Um, a big thing around here is the two county fairs that we have. Okay. So we're right on the border of Washington, Idaho. We have, you know, county fair on one end of the river in the spring, and then in the fall it's on the other side of the river. So that's always a big deal for little kids because there's a carnival, there's, you know, drug right. addicts putting together rides. Of course. Who's, who better to trust than <laughs> the, the tilt-a-whirl guy with the meth addiction putting together yeah. the rides for you? I would never put my – I know, I know. I see those local things, and I'm like, nah, bro, these filthy gypsies putting together. <laughs> yep. No. Oh, yeah. No. Um, it, it's – but, pretty great to see all those but, trailers rolling to town. But Sarah, let's talk some real shit. Because if you mean to tell me you don't have Pilates and you don't have doulas and you don't have birthing centers, um, those moms are all in your Kool-Aid. I'm guessing the bitches in your town know what you're doing all the time and vice versa. I'm guessing pressure. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about yes. that. That's so, the shit I want to talk about. Yeah, and so... Because we all know each other, because it's such a close-knit community, like, it's kind of good and bad because all of your friends and family, they're within 15 minutes. So it's like, I'm having a meltdown. Like, I cannot sit here and listen to my toddler scream about wanting to watch the iPad for the 900th time. Yeah. Like, I know that I have four people on speed dial that, like, can be there within 20 minutes, which is fantastic. But the flip side of that is that if you do try to, like, maybe take your kids to the store or go out to dinner with children, which is Oof. always an adventure. Yeah. 
there's always people in the restaurant that you know that are there to judge you, see you, and see how, like, your kids behave in the restaurant. And there's two Facebook groups in our community that are kind of notorious for kind of bashing other people. Okay, what about that? Let's talk about that. Who are these Facebook so groups? So there's the infamous mom group, which, as you can imagine, is full of uplifting positivity and just I'm making the gagging knockdown drag out fights. Yeah. Oh, the positivity sarcasm. Wait, are, yeah, you mean to tell me that the positivity moms are um, backstabbing bitches? Are you mean to tell me that it's, uh, you're not you're being sarcastic? That they're just horrible people who um, they back. They're like they're shit talkers, right? Oh, I mean. There's going to be something on there probably immediately that's like, oh, my gosh, like, so-and-so didn't have the latest car seat. Like, could you imagine? Like, no. Right? Are you being serious? Like, but they fucking, well, they yeah. talk about the women in their community. So don't, doesn't that get, like, like for, for instance, Sarah, you're the one, let's say, who doesn't have the car seat. And then it doesn't it get back to you really fast? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, and there's always, you know, and I don't follow it super closely, but every once in a while, like, you get tagged in, like, this, like, moderation post. We've had more problems with negativity and mom shaming in this group. And it's just, it's nonstop, just, like, we're going to, like, passive-aggressively tear each other down uh, as much as humanly possible. You mean, okay, so let me, I need an example. Because is it like this? Okay, so one time I saw this person speeding out of my kid's pre- preschool. And then, like, the, mm-hmm. the school will put out a vague flyer, like, or a vague email, like, parents, please be aware of the traffic rules around the school. Like, that kind of thing. You know, it's like a passive-aggressive thing, whereas everybody knows who did it. It's, you know, Mrs. Larson right. in the fucking, <laughs> in her SUV. Um, like, well, like, why couldn't they just talk to Mrs. Larson directly? Like, they have to put out a public blast. So is it like, right. like, like what, so what, it, what happened? Tell me the truth. What really fucking happened? Well, there's just all sorts of, you know, it is a lot of, like, the same question over and over and over again. Like, sorry, I'm scrolling through here. Yeah, to let's see. see if I have a good Fuck, example. I'm waiting. I want to hear this shit. I live for this because I don't I don't belong to it, but I want to know it. Like I I started I belong I did um, add myself to a mom group, and uh, I wish I could be specific. But I mean they're pretty terrible. I mean in general, fucking tell me, Sarah, what's the terrible? Read me something. Go read. So a lot of them are like a lot of like, I know I posted this yesterday, but I'm still trying to find a preschool for my four year old. Well, bitch, we have four options for preschools. Like. You've been suggested all of them. What else could you possibly be looking for? Like, right. Right. She's just bitching. Right. And it, it maybe that's like the problem I have. It's just a lot of complaining vaguely about, oh my gosh, can you believe yeah. that there's a kid at the park throwing sticks yeah. at other kids? I'm like, yeah, I've had that kid before because we've been to the same park three times this week and he's over it. So, like, yeah. Or just know, yeah, it's a phase or then don't go play with that kid. Go tell your kid, hey, mm-hmm. there's a kid that throws sticks. Don't go play with that kid. It's really that yeah, simple. Yeah, stay away from him. Yeah. So, because there's kids that throw sticks, there's kids that eat chalk off the floor. You tell your kid, don't hang out with those losers, man. Those are losers. 
Yep. You yep. teach them. You teach them early, right? Those are dum dums. Dum dums <laughs> eat shit off the floor. Those are the kids that grow up to be on TikTok. That's right. They're TikToks. That's right, Sarah. Do you see how this came full circle? You didn't even hear the top yep. of this podcast. You were talking about TikTok, and now you're part of it. It's so exciting. So, what pressures do you think? Like, how do you think it affects your parenting? with these, um, with the small town, because it sounds like it's a small town community, so women are evaluating you, evaluating your children. If your child misbehaves at the restaurant, they're gonna, you know, gossip about you. So does it affect your parenting stuff, your choices? Well, I think so. I think a lot of it is just, you know, because there's a lot of pressure to make sure you're doing all the right things for your kids, like making sure that my daughter's in dance and making sure that my son's playing sports and that if he's playing sports, he's on the right team. And, oh, well, he's playing with that person. I don't like that person. Like, why didn't he get put on this soccer team? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so it's a lot of, you know, trying to impress, like, hold up this weird superficial standard where no one's really in it. That's probably universal. Yeah. But it's, you know, when you show up at the soccer field on Saturday morning, like, you know, all the other parents there because either your kid went to daycare with them or school or, you know, you graduated high school with them 10 years ago. It's, it's crazy. So. Yeah, I get, I get that. Like, if I knew all the parents at my kid's school, I probably feel differently. Like, if I grew up with all those parents, um, yeah, you're right. Because, like, not, of, not all of the kids are, kids' parents are cool at my kid's school. <laughs> So I don't really, right. I don't talk to like there's some of them are super nice. Most of them are super nice. But then some of them I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely don't want to talk to you. Like you're a fucking hardcore nerd. Like you're not cool at all. You're not a cool mom at all. Like, yeah. you know, what I mean? like they're just, you can tell they're too intense about the parenting. I should say I like nerds, actually. But like when they're when they're like really focused on the. You know what I mean? Like the hardcore room moms and the hardcore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, oh, yeah. I don't know who you are again. It's just too much for me. And, like, another thing that's wild is that, you know, being in a small town, it's not uncommon for a lot of us to have kids really young. Like, I had my son when I was 20. um, And, like, that felt like an accomplishment. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a teen mom. This is great. (laughs) But, um, But, so, like, even sending your kids to school, like, it's not uncommon for their teachers to, like, have taught you. So, it's super crazy. And the total small world and like I haven't ran into it with my kids yet my son's only getting me in first grade this year but mm. like, I never really remember going to school and having like teachers in high school it's like well when your dad was in my class oh my gosh yeah I never thought I guess that's the because here in LA like yeah my kid's gonna throw a tantrum in Target and I don't give a shit because I'm never gonna see you again you know what I mean like right whatever i don't care and like you've never seen a kid throw a tantrum before or you obviously don't have kids if you're eyeballing me on this plane right now like fuck you you know but if you know that bitch i guess that's a whole different dynamic i hadn't really considered you know because then you have to be like oh sorry nancy or whatever your name is you know mm-hmm. yeah well yeah and it was just like the other night for example where you're at a community event and they had a bouncy house and it was 106 degrees so I had to pull my kids out of the bouncy house I'm like you guys are gonna faint in there so my three-year-old being a three-year-old was not happy so she gets out of the bouncy house gets her shoes on I have to pick her up I'm pulling her out of the park and she's taking her shoes off and she just chucks it at somebody 
who happens to be my coworker. I'm like, well, this is great. Hi, oh. how are you? Oh. Oh. Brutal. This is my life in the free time. Right. Brutal. Brutal. Because then you have to, yeah. yeah. And, and then I do think people that don't have kids will blame you for that. You know, like, oh, well, because I know I did before I had children. I'd be like, what's wrong with those parents? Like, why are their kids crying all the time? Or why are, you know, and then you're like, there's really not, I mean, so, so much of it's out of your control, you know? Right. They are who right. they are. So um, what do you like most about being a mom? You know, it's really fun now. Like, both my kids are a little older, so. what are How old are they, sorry? What do you have? So I have a six-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. So they're both old. Like, they're both potty trained. They're yes. both, like, talking really well. And it is just, it is so much fun where we can just go out and we can do things and I don't have to carry a diaper bag anymore. Like, oh, yes. I remember, like, the accomplishment of being able to, like, go back to the normal purse and, like, but no, it's just, it's so cute. Like listening, you know, my favorite is just seeing like my kids interact and like the bond they have with each other too, because I was raised an only child. So it's just so special to me to like listen to their little conversations in the car when I pick them up. <laughs> oh, and, you know, they do genuinely love each other, even though they try to murder each other on a daily basis. Yeah, of course. They also really care for each other. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I agree. I was an only child. It's depressing. I like, I love the chaos of children. I think it's fun. Yes. I like I the noise. Too. Yeah. I like the, I like the, the, you know, the markers on the walls and shit. I, I, it's, it's fun. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, what do I, do I care? Mm -hmm. Mess my stuff up. Okay. Uh, what do you not love the most about being a mom? You know, because I have two very strong-willed children, a lot of times they just don't listen. If, yeah. you know, my daughter thought she was a genius the other day because I got them a little tour chart for the refrigerator. And then so she just wiped up, saw her name, and then just erased all the chores under her name. And she's like, well, <laughs> I'm done, Mommy. They're all Smart. gone. See, she figured out the loophole. Smart yeah, girl. exactly. I'm just like, well... I'm kind of mad, but also kind of proud. A hundred percent proud. That's the kind of shit you should mm -hmm. foster. Definitely defiance, yeah. uh, thinking for yourself. I like all these these things. <laughs> I like yeah. that. It's saucy. Good for her. Um, well, yeah, that is city. It's hard to discipline. I'm running into that with my my older kid. That isn't a fart. That was a sock. Um, I swear. I know. <laughs> like I did have Middle Eastern food for lunch and we determined that Middle Eastern food smells like B.O. and then your mouth also tastes like B.O. after. Like have you ever accidentally like scratched your armpit with your bare finger and then you put your finger in your mouth and you're like, oh, I taste armpit. Have you ever done that, Nada? I have not, no. Go stop it. You've never licked your armpits like that? <laughs> Girl, you crazy. You know, I'm being Sarah. Never. Sarah, what about you? I, I can't say that I've done that. What? Who are you people? I, <laughs> you guys are, are you kidding. You've never tasted your own armpits? I'm like, who am I? Wow, I'm all alone in this? Anyway, that's exactly what my mouth tastes like <laughs> right now. I'm we don't through, have Middle Eastern food you, in Idaho either, I've, so there's that. Oh, I know that. Believe me, I've been there. <laughs> you guys don't have Middle Easterners. That's why. 
No. There's a no, lot and of... that is another, like, crazy thing about Gordon. Like, you don't think about it until... So we have a local pizza place, and it is... They've got a window where the kids can get stand up and watch them make the pizzas, like, as they're ordered. Nice. So I take my kids there one night and didn't think much of it, and there's another family there. And Milo stands up, and he looks at the boy next to him, looks at me, and the little boy's black looks at the boy next to him again, looks at me, and he's like, Mommy, what's wrong with his skin? I'm just like, oh, oh my God, kill me now. Oh. <laughs> like, Because oh. I guess you, know you, it's just like, yeah, because, you don't have you know, you black don't think people, about yeah. it because we don't have diversity at all. Like, I know, I've been there. A bunch of white rednecks driving jacked up diesel trucks. So That's so crazy. I know, we teach our kid to throw things at Nadav when he comes over. <laughs> what? What? Jewish people, we say, oh, that's you right there. Oh, well, you don't do a good job. Uh, he has not <laughs> he has not gotten me with anything. I'm just kidding. That's what we just tell him. Just throw stuff at the Jewish guy. Oh, Sarah. Well, listen, I'm sorry that you have bitches who um, are haters, essentially. Because you know what that is? That gossipy hating. These bitches got nothing else to do. And just, you know, remember that haters going to hate. The haters gonna hate, 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 and the players gonna <laughs> play, 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 play. In the wisdom of Taylor Swift, jack it off, jack it off. What did she say? Shake it off, shake it there off. There it is. Say, <laughs> shake it off. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> right? Because uh. let me tell you something. Yeah. I, they are haters, and you know what? Bitches are always going to talk. They're going to talk no matter what. So you may as well do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Fuck them, Sarah. Let me hear you say it. Say fuck them. Fuck them. Thank you. And listen to Taylor Swift. Listen to Shake It Off, and you'll feel oh, so yeah. much better. Yeah, that song, that is everything, that song. Listen to the song whenever you have a hater, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't need this. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for, for emailing me. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy mom life um, to talk with us. Is there anything, any parting thoughts you have? No, I'm just so excited that you're back with this show. I mean, it's very refreshing to hear somebody just be able to joke about motherhood and all yeah. of its literal shittiness. Thank you. Well, tell that to my hey, 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 hey. Because a lot of bitches don't like it. But and I cannot wait to share this with the mom group so I they can delete me out of it immediately <gasps> after there. I can't <laughs> wait to, Sarah. Well, you can come move to L.A. anytime and you can hang out with me if you ever want to live Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Mommy. Um, stay black in Idaho and keep it real. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. Bye, Sarah. And Bye. you. Oh, I just hung up on her. Sorry. Uh, yeah, and you two can call in. Leave a voicemail for me at 213-375-5184. That's 213-375-5184. Send me a video, where my mom's at, at gmail.com. I love your mom hacks. Send me your mom hacks. Send me your mom fails. Any hot mom topics. I love hearing about these Facebook mom groups. Please send me some... <laughs> Send me your best um, Facebook mom group submission. I want to hear what the craziest of the crazy are saying because you know that is my favorite lane. Because um, I've tried to belong to some groups and they're not accepting me. I think what happens is people 
people Google me. And they're like, this bitch cannot be in our group. <laughs> um, so yeah, I want to know. Um, hot mom topics. Send me this stuff. Anything you find that you think is funny, noteworthy, worth discussing, whatever. Where my mom's at? At gmail.com. Thank you for downloading this episode. Please subscribe to me on iTunes so that you get it automatically in your inbox. Um, rate, subscribe, review. One more question I want to answer before I go. Sorry, I just had to do this because it's kind of pertaining to my husband. Someone asked me, um, my wife and I were recently discussing the topic about kids or possibly adopting a kid. I just wanted to know your thoughts on adoption. Hello, why not fucking do it? I say do it, I say do it, I say do it. And watch the movie Instant Family. My husband is in it, Tom Seguera, and he's so talented. Watch that movie about uh, adoption and fostering, and I think it'll answer any um, any questions you may have. Because I don't, I can't honestly, I don't fucking know. It sounds like a great idea. Uh, have you adopted a child? Email in. Let me know. I will talk to you about it. I will call you back um, to let this person know exactly what they're getting into. But in the meantime, watch Instant Family. It's pretty pretty great movie. Okay, thank you. Rate, subscribe, review. If you're watching me on YouTube, please subscribe. Let your friends know, let your mom friends know if you like this show, that it exists. And come see me do stand-up Christina P. online for all my stand-up dates. Until then, homies, keep it 100, keep it real. I'll see you next time. Bye. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at?